everybody. Welcome to the Hallmarkies podcast. We are very excited today. We have a returning guest interview today uh, with Antonio Kayon is here. And I'm from Rachel Wagner. Antonio, thank you so much for coming back. Thank you for having me on again. Yes. So we, last time we talked with you was in uh, December of last year. So yeah. we haven't talked to you in 2021. So you've had quite the the last six months i really have i kind of uh <laughs> I've, I've, i always keep myself very busy um but this is a, a different level of busy uh, yeah wife and i uh and and our three-year-old welcomed a new member to the family Yay. we just had um our second child a little boy named kari uh and so he's been around just over two months now outside of her body <laughs> and um, so things are changing but certainly like as of January, we were kind of in a preparatory mode, um, trying to get ourselves ready for it and trying to manage uh, our littlest uh, and moving houses because we're gluttons for punishment. Um, <laughs> and so 2021 has been pretty full on. Uh, and, and, and of course, you know, amidst all that, we're still uh, like everyone else and Canada's behind in terms of the vaccination uh, uh -huh. in regard to the States, but still managing the pandemic. And so managing, you know, what, what my, my restaurants um, are doing and uh, it's been, yeah. it's been pretty full on. Oh my gosh. Have you gotten any sleep? <laughs> uh, yeah. Well, funny enough, I just, I just completed um, film that shot out of town actually, which was, um, a crazy decision to make to, to go out of town a little bit uh -huh. uh, and sort of to figure out what support looked like uh, here at home while I was away. Um, but in shooting out of town, I slept eight hours. Every oh my gosh. Day. Yeah. It was, I mean, I was waking up like discombobulated. I couldn't even <laughs> couldn't make heads or tails of that type of rest. So your wife was probably so jealous. I know she was sleeping two hours a day. Uh, now, yeah. now, now I have to figure out how to uh, invert that. Yeah. Get as as possible not to stay up for the rest of the year yeah uh so how did you decide on the and uh kari is the name um it was a name that uh my wife and i had had come across um only once in our lives uh mm -hmm. and uh yeah it was just a beautiful name i mean kind of mm -hmm. we we allow ourselves um with our first child and, and with this child to just kind of intuitively like feel our way through what mm -hmm. felt right and sounded right when we said it. And my wife always jokes that um, she needs a name that she can shout across a playground and feel comfortable. So mm -hmm. I guess it passed that test. Yeah. But, it's um, a good, it's a good name because it's like unique without being ridiculous. Yeah. You know what I mean? Yeah. I kind of feel the same way. Like I, yeah. not, like I said, I, I only know one person by the name Kari uh, and he's a mm -hmm. brilliant musician um, mm. and I know that the name is, is not unique around the world. Like there are places where that name is a little Very bit more common. common, Yeah, but, um, certainly not in my circles and yeah. And mm -hmm. just like it, it resonated with us, like yeah. upon saying it a couple of times, it really landed and made sense to us. And mm -hmm. so, That's great. Yeah. yeah so how's your, uh, your son taken to having a, a brother? Um, he's of two minds about it on one hand <laughs> he loves having a brother and on the other hand he's ready to put him in the garbage most days so, <laughs> I, I think that is pretty normal yeah um one of the things that i observed uh with my with xavier is the older one one uh -huh. of the observed is that 
he really, for the first little while, and it's starting to even out now, but for the first little while, he had this separation between the idea of a brother and the reality of a brother. Um, and so idea was really romantic. Uh, and when he would talk about the idea, it would be <laughs> when the baby is older or um, maybe the baby would like it and da, da 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 but he would never use Kari's name. And then when he would speak about his brother tangibly, he would use his name, but it was rarely in positive terms. It wasn't always negative, but it wasn't positive. Uh, and so that's that, that's one of the things that I noticed right away was that there was actually a separation between these two ideas that that eventually that they had to come together that 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 um, that gap needed to be bridged. Uh, mm-hmm. Just now, kind of rounding that corner, which allows him to be more in touch with his feelings. So when he's having negative feelings he's actually upset at mom. He's actually upset at dad. Uh You know, it's like the, the, the baby isn't doing anything to him. Although the baby is, you know, perhaps eating up attention and eating up space. Um, Uh But, but it feels now like he is able to piece that together a little bit better. Yeah. Behavior changing. It always amazes me how early on little uh, kids notice how uh, some a baby that's smaller than them right yeah. it, yeah. it could be like a year old and the newborn and they'd be like that's a baby and you're like yeah. you're like no you're a baby still I know. <laughs> but it really does it's you're i think you're spot on like it something shifts in their way of thinking even when the baby is not their own like they're at the playground yeah Mother right this all the time he'd be at the playground and he would say baby and point to someone smaller than him <laughs> Um, and I think that part of it was a way of helping even to better identify himself. Right. He, he had a reference point for the first po- for the first time. Mm-hmm. And so, yeah. yeah, like, you know, I, I spend a lot of time with my, with my older trying to convince him that his lot in life is to teach. <laughs> um, <laughs> and, and part of that is just that, what I think will happen and what I'm, what I'm seeing happening is that he takes a little bit more care with certain things. Uh-huh. And he's less cavalier with, with, with information that he has his, the, the things that he knows now mean something. Yeah. And look at Kari and say, well, you don't know this in the same way that he could say you're smaller than me and therefore you're a baby. It's mm-hmm. like, I know how to talk. I know how to talk. Yeah. I can help you with that one day. Did you grow up with siblings? I did. Yeah. I'm the youngest. Yeah. I have two older sisters. Oh, okay. Yeah. yeah. So you know that dynamic. Yeah, kind of. Yeah. I mean, certainly like in a household, um, having siblings makes more sense to me than having an only child. Right. Yeah. Well, that's great. Congratulations. Yeah. Thank you. It's, that's really exciting. It's, it's hard, but it's exciting. <laughs> so you also had a new restaurant baby. <laughs> sort of, yeah. We're, we're, we're about to, in fact. Um, we're not yeah. opening until mid-July. But, okay. Uh, yeah, but and, and that was all sorts of different circumstances. Um, but it is built and it is pretty much ready to go. And uh, and once we when when you and I are done here, I'm gonna hop over there uh, and sit down with my my team because I haven't gotten to see anybody in like a month. Well, this is so exciting! Collective goods, is that right? Yeah, yeah. yeah. So we're opening up like a part bistro, part grocer. Mm-hmm. We know the bistro side of things. We do not. Mm-hmm side of things but um i'm confident that we can figure it out mm-hmm. yeah cool concept yeah that sounds city. good yeah and there's a place kind of like that here in salt lake called caputo's and they have been amazing during this whole pandemic and they make the best sandwiches that you've ever 
had oh, yeah, yeah. <laughs> and they've been doing these artisanal uh artisanal support packs where you can get uh you can get all these artisanal uh farmers they have cheese and meats and oh, chocolates and stuff like that yeah, yeah um, we're, not, they've we're, been not, doing... we're definitely not far off from that actually yeah um and and ours was also born out of the pandemic like Mm-hmm. We we discovered the business model while we were doing good for the community, and on the back end, we were like, "Man, mm-hmm. we get a building and put this in there." That's great. So, how many restaurants do you have now? Um, by the end of this year, our our group um, and our group is like four of us. Uh-huh. Um, we'll have uh, three total, and within one of them, there's also a sandwich shop. So we kind of talk about it like four, but it's only three buildings. Mm-hmm. That's yeah. great. There's it's nothing wild. I love more than a great sandwich. I mean, that is yeah. peak eating. <laughs> our sandwich, our sandwich spot is pretty, pretty, pretty killer. <laughs> yeah. yeah, that's great. Uh, and if you uh, have you been able to, I guess, keep everything going then, as far as the restaurants with um, you know, with the pandemic. And I mean, last time we yeah. talked, to you had you were working a lot with community and everything mm. like that. Yeah, for the most part, we've been able to keep going in some way or another. Um, yeah, d- during the pandemic, we we shifted into the staff meal initiative that we launched, uh, and that was really great mm-hmm. for the community. And on the back end of, of, of that, when the government gave us the green light to safely reopen, we kept that going and opened our sandwich shop uh, and then tried to get both restaurants back up and running. Mm-hmm. Um, that's just been kind of tumultuous uh, only because things kind of keep getting ground to a halt by the government, which is fine. They're, yeah. they're figuring it out as much as anybody else. I'm, I'm slightly sympathetic towards it. I just wish that they were better communicators because my God, for people who do that for a living, they should really be better at communicating information to um, individuals and businesses, but that's yeah, grievance for another day. Um, but we've been, yeah, we've been very lucky to be able to, uh, pivot and move things outdoors when we had to, uh, and move things online when we had to. And we're just now at a point, uh, in BC where, um, restrictions have been lifted and restaurants are able. And so both of our, uh, existing restaurants are, are back up and running. Um, so yeah, it's, it's been up and down and it's Mm -hmm. without its difficulties, you know, layoffs and whatnot, but through it all, we've been able to, um, I think in many ways, get clearer with each other and develop stronger relationships with, uh, with, with the people who are considered staff, but, uh, you know, mm-hmm. are, are really like friends and families uh, and make sure that we're all sort of like communicating and taking care of each other as best as we can so that we can come through this on the other side. You know, like we are, we're the type of group that sat everybody down to say, you know, we're being forced into a layoff right now that we didn't see coming because the government just announced this literally overnight. But don't like don't suffer <laughs> mm-hmm. if you are in trouble pick up the phone call me yeah. send a text message like we'll figure it out because we know that on the other end of this things are coming back um and so like you know we we just encourage everybody who works with us to to try and be as honest with themselves and with each other as possible so they can say like hey i'm in need and and then we'll, you know somehow yeah. itself um We'll, we'll, yeah. we'll come up with a solution or we'll brainstorm it together there, there's always some solution mm-hmm. that's so, great i yeah, that's that, i admire that yeah and and you know like i have to say as hard as this has all been that that level of honesty with each other and transparency 
each other may not have happened had we not have been put in this situation. Mm-hmm. You know, this is how our our hearts function. But yeah. Opportunity, we may never have had to say. It. So there, there is something really powerful, I think, about about being in this tough situation and being able to look over at your peers and say, like, how do we take care of each other properly? Yeah, it's been uh, great to see that in a lot of different areas. Uh, I, you know, have some friends that are cast members uh, at Disneyland, and and they they've created the the that they created the cast member pantry uh, to provide food for you know the the uh, laid off um, uh, cast members, and and you know they've all kind of rallied together in a right. way that's uh, when when they did reopen finally. Uh, it was very moving to watch and uh, I can only imagine to participate in. And, and that's just one example of so many uh, that you've seen that at Broadway. Uh, yeah. We're su- yeah. you know, supporting each other and, and uh, you know, that uh, it's, it's really, it is really inspirational to see. It really is. It's, it's yeah. great. We'd like to take a second and thank our sponsor for this episode of the podcast. From the author of Miracles and Menorahs comes a story about history, responsibility for it, and how true love can change the future. History of Us is the second book in Stacey Agdern's Friendship and Festivals series. Available on June 24th from Thule Publishing and wherever books are sold. For more information about Stacey, visit her website at www.staceyagdern.com. That's staceyagdern.com. I wanted to have you on here in June because... Uh, we had our big uh, Black Lives Matter kind of interview that we did last year in June. Mm-hmm. Yeah. So I thought it was it would be a good idea to kind of touch base and see kind of how we're doing. And, you know, mm-hmm. I don't know, just have sort of a year yeah. retrospective kind of a look. And uh, and so we did. It was very exciting. That interview won for the po- Homeworkers Podcast Awards. Right. It was my that was favorite wild. interview. <laughs> that yeah. was very cool. That was, was very excited. cool. Um, yeah, because it was a bit of a risk mm-hmm. uh, because it's, it was a little more serious, I guess, yeah. than we typically, you know, we're typically kind of light and fun. And yeah. Um, and uh, so it was a little bit of a risk, but I'm, I thought it was. I thought it was really good. And so I yeah, was I very glad to. It really says something that it was voted on. Like uh, I think everyone mm-hmm. wanted um, to have that conversation and, and probably even further than that, people were having that conversation in different ways in their lives and they might've had access to people that they could speak to about it, or they didn't have access to people that they felt like they could speak to about it. And so us being able to speak, you know, may have given license to larger conversations or clarity for curiosities that people were having. I mean, mm-hmm. I, you know, I, I know yeah. that I it. And it was, for me, one of many, many, many conversations that I had been and continue to have on the topic. Yeah. So, so, so yeah, it was very valuable. So how do you feel we have done in the last year, just collectively, I guess, and then also Hallmark in specific, uh, as far as, do you feel like we've seen improvement? How do you how do you kind of feel that we're doing uh, <laughs> in uh, representation and all of uh, all of these issues? Yeah, well, I, I'll say it's a tough question to answer in a vacuum. Mm-hmm. I think what we ended up seeing this past year is things got much worse before they got 
any better um, in terms of violence against different groups. You know, we saw we saw the the rise against uh, Asian Americans. We saw you know just just the other day here in London, Ontario, um, uh, a family, a Muslim family, was run over late at night because they were Muslim. And oh my gosh! That was the only reason it's a hate crime we saw so, so you know not to not to not to drag us down this deep dark thing but uh, a part of me wants to say well there's been a ton of positive and there certainly has i'm i, I you know when i when i get going i don't ever mean to exclude some of the positive things that that have happened like the the trial for derek chauvin i think was pretty important in some ways I also mm-hmm. think it was kind of irrelevant in other ways, unfortunately, um, because I think that something like that further perpetuates the idea that this may not be a systemic problem and that it may be an individualistic problem, which is simply not true. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and it's and it's proven, you know, this idea of me saying it's simply not true is proven by zooming out and looking what the rest of the year was. So um, in, in terms of how we're doing as a people, I think what I would really land on is the conversations that are happening, mm-hmm. amount of people who don't, um, who don't or didn't see themselves as immediately affected by it, mm-hmm. uh, whether that's because of their race, their culture, um, their religious beliefs or whatever, that is shifting. The conversations mm-hmm. are starting to become personalized. And I do think that that is extremely positive because it means that people who didn't have to think about it are starting to think about it. And furthermore, Mm -hmm. I think that, and this is a tiny, tiny, tiny thing. I I, I don't think that this is widespread, but you know, seeds look, seeds have to look like something. Sure. Uh, People are starting to feel with instead of feel for. And for me, that's a huge distinction. Mm. Um, Typically in the past, we say like, my God, my heart is with that community. And it's a really empty statement, unfortunately, because it separates you from them, which is a problem because we, we are one, we have to believe that we are one mm-hmm. for things to change. And so when I say that people are, are starting to feel with, instead of feeling for, I think what is starting to happen is people are hearing this conversation. They're hearing the, the traumas that people are living through, the fear that people are living with, and they're starting to relate it to pieces of their own lives. And now people are starting to speak up because something needs to be said, not because they have a friend that looks like that, or not because mm-hmm. they, they're trying to be an ally, if that makes sense. Yeah. I, I believe that we're starting, and, it, and like I said, this isn't, this isn't like 90% of people. This is maybe a, a smaller percentage, but people are waking up to the, to the concept that Shifting wealth and power as an anti-racist statement and creating space for new sort of like paradigms, new ways of thinking really comes from tapping into your own sense of humanity and speaking up because it isn't right. Not because it isn't right for black people or for transgender or for Asian Americans. It's not right, period. And and I I think that that shift from feeling feeling for to feeling with again, really only, really only started being spoken about loudly um, during the uprising on the back end of George Floyd's, George Floyd's murder. Mm. And, and now we're seeing 
all of these different violent things happening and and one by one people are are turning and going no that just is unequivocally not okay i need to say something and i think that there's there's power in that so i know that's yeah. about um <laughs> around about <laughs> answer, but i i Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't think I have a square answer for how we're doing. I think that there are a lot of positives. And, mm-hmm. you know, when I talk about, when I, when I talk about tending to your garden, that that's the type of work that I think people need to be doing. And some people are doing that work and other people are, are starting to at least wake up and see that you know, they, they need some pesticide in their garden. <laughs> they, need, they need to get that work done. Yeah. I feel like you have those people that, are never going to change that, yeah, you know, that, 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 that you have those. And then you have the people who were already allies. And mm-hmm. then it's that middle group yes. that has, has been changing the most. Yeah. And, and this is, this is where I'm the most interested. Uh, and I say this all the time. I'm like, look, if we, if we as a people can start to invest in our own humanity, what it means to look to look out at the world around me and say, I want to take care because taking care is the right thing to do. Mm-hmm. We'll eventually build our own sort of civilization of kindness. And those people who are ignorant or hatred or uh, excuse me, hateful um, mm-hmm. or, or whatever it is, will make the choice to come join us and, and stand together in love or mm-hmm. end on their Island of unhappiness. And what I don't want is people to feel like they have to be on that island. The the irony right now is that it's the transgendered community right now that's standing on that island. Well, they, mm-hmm. don't, they shouldn't be. There's no reason to. But there, you know, there, there's a fear to come to, let's call it the mainland, because the mainland is full of hate. Mm-hmm. And I think that as that middle ground that you speak of starts to challenge their inherited values and, and challenge... Um, the ways in which they've been ed- educated and they start to, to decolonize uh, and, and sort of shed like a, a settler colonialist mentality, that's going to shift. And, and, you know, if there are people who are never going to change, that's okay. There's a, there, there is still space for them in this world. You know, I'm, I'm never going to, I'm never going to turn the corner and be like, well, screw them. They don't, they don't deserve to be here. They also deserve to be here, but how much space do they get to take up? They don't get to take it away from people. And that's what's been happening for them forever well let's talk a little bit about hallmark uh so we did get we have obviously the new ceo wanya and things have been changing it seems like weekly (laughs) and we hear about people leaving things changing and it's going to be interesting to see kind of what happens in this next christmas season uh as far as uh casting and topics and other things I think that I mean we did see in 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 the 2020 season some uh, diversity in casting for Christmas. Yeah. Um, I mean it was obviously they had to kind of work. It was a tough situation. They had to work with what they could work with as far as the pandemic and everything. And it's incredible yeah. that they got so many movies made. I I still can't believe that. Yeah. It was unbelievable. And, uh, but it, this year so far for Hallmark has been pretty white. Uh, yeah. pretty, uh, it has not been as diverse as I was expecting. Uh, yeah. But they have had some moments like uh, the um, uh, on Good Witch, they have a, um, uh, a same-sex relationship story 
for right. uh, for Joy, the character, and it's also a, a actress of color. Um, that's the uh, the partner for her, and so that's exciting. That's definitely something they've never done on any of their shows before. They also had Viv Leacock and his yeah. family on One Calls the Heart. Yeah. Um, so that was good. And they, that was one of the highlights of the season, I would say, of One Calls the Heart was him and his two children. Yeah. Uh, they a little bit of diversity into Chesapeake this year. Oh, yeah. Yeah. Well, that's good. Yeah. Yeah. I have pretty mixed reviews, to be honest. Yeah. And I, and I think we spoke about this a little bit last time, you know, it, with the hiring of Anya Lucas, uh, mm-hmm. is that I use. Um, frequently and, and that I would repeat again is like not to mistake a black face for a black agenda. Um, mm-hmm. And I, and you know, I, I use the word, the term black uh, in reference to myself in my own life, but I, I, you could replace that word with any sort of um, any marginalized group, right? Like mm-hmm. the, right. you need to make the change. Don't just need to look like the people that need the change. They actually need to be advocating on behalf of it. Mm-hmm. Um, I don't, and, and I bring that up to say, I don't know what her point of view is. I, I haven't read or heard anything. Um, and all I have gotten to see is this kind of like eight month snippet mm-hmm. of changes. And I feel kind of the same way I think that you do, which is uh, there was a lot of casting that happened in September, October, November, December. And uh, I reserve my judgment to know whether that was knee jerk or whether that was true change. Mm-hmm. And then January to now, there's been a bit of an emptiness yeah, or a bit of a, a, a reverting back to. And again, I don't know if that was things were already planned and they have to fulfill contracts. Although I don't think it was that, or if it was the pushback isn't there. So the reaction's not there. Um, mm-hmm. And so I, I have the same questions today that I did a year ago in spite of what optically looks like progress, because to me, progress is, um, progress is a timeline. And if we're going backwards on the timeline, then it is no longer progress, mm-hmm. right? It's just a, it was just a, a monetized stop on the way somewhere else. Uh, and, and I hope that it's not that in the long term, in the, in the grand scope of things. Um, I also think that, Change has to happen at many levels and casting. And I said this when we talked about this the first time and like, I'll say it again, casting is the easiest place to make a change that gains you viewership or that gains you um, uh, goodwill because that's who shows up on camera. But Mm -hmm. I have a big question around what are you doing to bring writers into the room that are representative of the world that you're speaking to, that you're talking about. Did you bring in black writers? Did you bring in Asian writers? Did you bring in uh, writers that, that represent the LGBTQ community? Um, Did you do that with producers? Like what does that mentorship look like? (laughs) Yeah. And and I think that answer is not yet. (laughs) Yeah. I think that lifetime did a better job with that this last holiday Mm -hmm. season with uh they had uh, the um uh they had the christmas setup uh with which was their first lgbtq uh romance and uh that that was all done 
by that community was all part of creating it. And I right. think that's part of the reason why it was so good. They had a, a um, married couple uh, in the lead uh, in the leads. And that was really sweet. And then, I mean, Fran Drescher is such a, a such a icon yeah. um, in of that community as well. And such an advocate. Uh, so I think that, that they, they did a, I would say a better job of, uh, of, yeah. of that over there and I, and I you know i i didn't tune into a lot of the lifetime stuff a lot of what i learned honestly is from is from twitter and following you and, mm-hmm. and, and Anne and dory and sort of keeping up with those conversations and and i do watch some of the stuff around christmas because i have a lot of friends that are in it and i'm a sucker for watching my friends um excel <laughs> yeah but i you know yeah when i look at it I want to believe I'm in the world. I want to believe that we're heading in a, a, a positive direction and that there's more space being made. And I, and I truly, here's the thing. Deep down, I think that the intention, especially after this past year, is there. Mm-hmm. And I think that the strategy is still being developed. How mm-hmm. these things, right? How to get um, something more authentic. Uh, and... I don't know who's having those conversations or what it sounds like in the room. I'm, I'm definitely not in those rooms in Hallmark. Um, and sure. so what I can say is uh, I, with, mm-hmm. with, the, with the most general, like with the most generous spirit that I have, I believe that they're headed there. I don't know that they're there. Yeah. And I would I, never give credit for being there if they're not, but I'm also not going to hold yeah. them in the fire and say, you're not trying. Cause I actually do think that, um, I think there's a I think there's a separation between trying and achieving, and I do think that someone is trying. <laughs> right. Yeah. No, I I agree. I mean, you had something like a sugar and spice holiday exactly. uh, on Lifetime, which was a all Asian cast yeah, uh, and and an Asian and, director yeah, and writer. Amazing. Yeah. I mean, that was which, which and, is, and, that's what you need. That's what you need. You know, like if 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 we follow what's happening right now. You have Simu Liu talking about Kim's convenience, yeah. Back from like John Doyle and whatever, uh, and and I go like, Simu's making a great point. It's a very simple point, but it's a great point. Mm-hmm. A whole bunch of Korean Canadian faces who have lived these lives. These are some of like, even before Simu was like a breakout star. Forget him. Like like the 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 gentleman who plays the dad and the woman who plays the mom are like. Canadian royalty in the theater scene. Yeah. They have incredible, incredible lives and richness of information. And then you have a writer's room that doesn't represent them and tells them what their story is. There's a disconnect. Which made me really sad because I love that show so much. Yeah, it's a <laughs> good it's, show. It's, and it's an important Like, you know, I'm obviously biased because I'm from Toronto and they're all yeah. podcasts. But like, it, it is important to be able to, to look at it and to own it. And, and, you know, yeah. what I think is a real bummer is um, both Jin Yoon and Simu have spoken up and nobody has said, yeah, the thing you're saying is really important and valid. Your experience is valid. Instead, they're saying, mm-hmm. what do you know? What do you know? What do you know? Which is, yeah. a, right? Like, it's indicative of this larger problem that we're talking about. Mm-hmm. Nobody yeah. is willing to, nobody's willing to look at themselves as, as, as having been influenced by a structured system and say, holy smokes, I'm doing a thing to you that's putting you in a bad situation. 
Because because even I I admit it that when I first heard like I felt because I'm such a fan mm-hmm. I felt a little defensive of the show of you know and yeah. uh, but obviously like you have to put away childish things like that and you have to listen because of course they know more about it than I do yeah. and uh, and it it is important that we have the right kind of uh, representation and are telling the right stories. Absolutely. And it doesn't mean that it's necessarily bad what they did no. make because I love it. It's a great uh, show. And it also doesn't mm-hmm. mean that, that what Gene and what Seymour are saying is 100% accurate because mm-hmm. their own perspective and their own emotions into it. But what it does mean is that the thing that they are expressing to you is true for them and yeah. to be able to validate that. Yeah. Be able to show up for them and to identify that they felt wronged by a process. And when we zoom out and we look at the component pieces of the process, we can, we can think critically about it and say, yeah, that must have been challenging to tell a Korean Canadian story and have it be told by a room full of writers that you didn't feel represented your people. Yeah. That's just math. (laughs) Right. It's true. Uh, and yeah, I mean, as an example, they're having on Hallmark, they're having a trilogy of movies coming out this year called the wedding veil, uh, okay. trilogy and the, the entire cast, everybody is, is white cis, right. you know, <laughs> like, yeah. I mean, though, yeah, and, and they're great. I mean, I love Lacey. I love Allison Sweeney. I love Autumn yeah. Reeser. They're all yeah, wonderful. They wonderful. And this is, this is the thing, like, and, and and this will forever be a challenging argument, but like the the people who have come to prominence within the Hallmark world are some of the most delightful people around. Right. Like I don't know Autumn, but I did just work with Fiona, and Fiona and Autumn went to school together. Mm-hmm. And uh, vouches for Autumn. Like there's there's no one nicer on this planet than Fiona. <laughs> yeah. You know what I mean? So so when you look at right they. They are wonderful, and they are they are excited by this world, and they're. But I also want those people to to be agents of change just as much as anybody else, because yeah. they, they are a part of this conversation. They are progressive thinkers. They are all of these things, you know. And so it's it's not an indictment of anybody who is working, and it's not an indictment mm-hmm. of anybody who who is a fan favorite. But it's more to say, in the position yeah. that you're in now, what would it look like for you to create space for somebody? Yeah, you kind of have to look on a, on a macro level versus a micro level that you're looking mm-hmm. at the uh, the broader, uh, not that you can't also look at individual films, but yeah. I know it's, it's uh, you have to look at sort of the broader landscape of what yeah. is happening. Yeah, um, and, and from a business point of view, and, and I mean this, <laughs> I mean this like mm-hmm. with, with every fiber of my business brain being, if you get those people to begin to create more space for people who don't look like them, mm-hmm. the films that Hallmark can make every year will double. Right. Factually, it will double. They, they will run mm-hmm. the ability to create as much work as, as they're, because they're opening up so many communities. They're going to create after for interest. And, and I think to some extent they'll be able to do that without losing too much of their 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 current um fan base mm-hmm. because it's true i mean look what tyler perry is doing yeah. in atlanta i mean exactly. it's just so much work yeah exactly yeah. 
That's very true. So, and it'll get there. And, and, you know, like I just, I just came off of a project, which I don't know what it's going to be called now, but it was originally mm -hmm. um, with Fiona Googleman. Uh, and so we are an interracial couple as, mm -hmm. as the lead couple. And, mm -hmm. and, and I can, you know, I'll just separate this into sort of like component parts, like Hallmark greenlit this movie, mm -hmm. but it's a production company in Vancouver that's putting the movie together called two for the money. And mm -hmm. when we start to look at um, over the past year, I've really started to look at kind of what all the pieces are um, that are uh, let's say problematic, <laughs> the, the mm -hmm. pieces that, that create obstacles and, Originally, I would have said, well, Hallmark has all the power, and so they must be a big component of that. And they are. Hallmark has the power to tell a production company how to behave, to, to let them know that they wouldn't buy something unless it is representative of XYZ. Okay, so that's their bag. But on the other side, you still have a production company who is um, financially dedicated to getting a movie made. Right? They have to do it, and, and producing is, is a lot of budgeting, so they have to figure out how to do it. And in doing that, they have to decide what their production looks like. Are they equitable? Are they diverse? Are they et cetera, et cetera, et cetera. Now, we just shot with two for the money. And I will say from top to bottom, this was the most connected cast crew experience that I've gotten to be a part of, who were all having a conversation that felt to me very new school. There was kindness on set that you can't teach. There was a camaraderie. There was mm -hmm. diversity across the crew that was visible, right? Mm -hmm. That just and, and it wasn't spoken about. It didn't need to be spoken about. It just existed. There, there was um, this past or two weeks ago in, in Canada, I'm not sure how much of this uh, showed up in the States, but there was a mass grave found under what's called a residential school. A residential school. Yeah, that was I heard about that. Canadian government, um, 215 um, Native uh, kids, uh, bodies, I should say were found and it's really opened up a large conversation which is long overdue about the residential school system well mm -hmm. this crew went to catering and went to costumes and said please find us orange fabric uh, orange is, is the color that um is associated with every child matters which is which is part of the the the, the movement around indigenous canadians that goes back to i think 2015 or 2014 so it's not new mm -hmm. and the crew cut strips and they all tied on different bandanas wherever they wanted to and just went about their day. And it was a way of showing solidarity and speaking to each other about their values while they were working. It was the most beautiful and incredible thing that I, like I walked onto set and I, I was instantly like teared up. I was uh -huh. like, this yeah. is so profound. And that's what it can look like. This is what a set can look like. This is what leadership can look like. Um, and so the, the the production companies are just as responsible as Hallmark. Mm -hmm. is, yeah. is sort of is sort of what I'm getting at by well, sharing that. You and, know, and and two for the money certainly understands that, and they're they're making that known. Yeah, and I I said this last year that I I I felt like some people were not too hard on Hallmark, but that they didn't seem to understand that this is more than this is a problem. The, yeah. the hallmarks may be a little behind uh, the rest of Hollywood, but not that much. I mean, it's pretty no, much the, so many the same. Are in the same boat. Yeah. yeah. 
unless you're working in with somebody like Tyler Perry or something like that, like, there, it's, yeah. uh, it's, it's not that, I mean, it's not that far behind when you're talking uh, the whole system as a whole, not just Hallmark. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and so it's, uh, it, it's, it's, an, it's good to see change. Like you're saying in the production companies, not even just, yeah, in uh in hallmark and and having these discussions about like kim's convenience and other things like that uh and it it was nice to see last christmas you know like some some attempts that they i think they did the best they could given sure everything um and so that's why it was just kind of surprising to me to see this year maybe not as much as I was expecting kind of going forward. So I, I'm curious to see what will happen in, uh, in, in this ho- upcoming holiday season. And hopefully yeah. we'll continue to yeah, see we're that. See ebb and flow and we're, we're going to find out why things happened. I mean, I know that Michelle Vickery is no longer in her position yeah. and I, I don't know why I don't know what that is about. Um, but it, it, it certainly signals change in some capacity. Yeah. And, yep. and far be it for me to speculate whether it's positive or negative, or I, I have right. no, I have zero information around that. But I do think that it is significant in the same way that um, Wanya Lucas being appointed was significant. Rather, we we don't know what the significance is, um, but I still stand by this. And and you know, I, I'm happy to say Hallmark did the best they could. I'm also just as happy to say the six months that followed had had nothing. And, right. And and you don't get a cookie for one without getting a demerit point for the other. Right. Yeah. There because was that's not progress. Yeah. Um, and, and so it, there may be something in the works coming up. And, and certainly we just got to shoot something that, you know, that that is going to show up on camera. There's an interfaith wedding in it. There's there, there, there are so many beautiful points to it. Are we? I don't know. Yeah. I mean, there's a few little things. There's a few little things like they had right in front of me that was. Uh, Filipino cast. Yeah. Uh, they had uh, the um, playing Cupid that had uh, Mexican, uh, Mexican American lead. Uh, yeah. They had, I mean, they had the final uh, one winter movie, which has uh, Rakia yeah. in it. Yeah. Um, yeah. So they, they, they have some things. It's not like they yeah. haven't done it's anything, but zero. it's, it's yeah. not zero. But and, it could have been better. I'm certainly not implying that it's zero. Um, by by any stretch, like I, I, I think yeah. all I'm offering is that if we're still just looking at casting, right? They look how good we did. I don't think that that's enough. Yeah, I agree. You know, agree. having to 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 have gotten to be a part of something like Two for the Money, I can say, well, it's it's really valuable that there are production companies that are willing yeah. to put themselves um, at the forefront as leaders, but the the company that's going to get the nod for how impressive that was is Hallmark. And right, it, right. Wasn't, it wasn't Hallmark's doing, it was right. producer Kim. And so I look at something like that and I say, Hey Hallmark, you have this production company that understands what leadership looks like. What would it mean for you two to be in conversation and to actually start to codify that so that you can signal to other production companies, what you expect on a set. Yeah. That's very yeah. valuable. That's very you know, true. like that's the beginning of change. Um, mm-hmm. and when I you start writing different is, stories too, yeah, uh, greenlighting you know, like, different scripts and all absolutely. that. You know, yeah, I listened to uh, the podcast that um, Doria and Lisa did, where they were talking about um, 
uh, books and movies and mm-hmm. theater or whatever. And then I, I messaged Dory about it because I, I was like, I don't, this isn't my world. This isn't, <laughs> I don't, I don't read the, the same type of books necessarily. Yeah. You did have a question. I was like, so there are a ton of black authors that are writing black characters that are writing diverse worlds that aren't getting produced. And this is the pool that we're pulling from. Well, show me the pool, like show me the books that you know of, because I'm very curious to know why creating shows and why others aren't. Right. Maybe some of them are bestsellers and the other ones are not. Well, at a glance, that's not the truth. That's not the case. So, yeah. so policy behind it. Well, like how, mm-hmm. how do people choose things? Yeah. Well, it, 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 there are a lot of questions that need, it's not about an answer. Yeah. It's about asking the right, it's about asking questions and sitting in the eight second uh, discomfort of it. That's yeah. one is eight seconds to ask a difficult, difficult question, but asking a difficult question and sitting in the eight seconds of discomfort before we can actually rumble with it. Yeah, I agree. Well, I wanted to ask you about Christmas and Evergreen. Mm-hmm. Uh, and that was obviously very exciting. Congratulations. You got Thank your, you. yeah, you got the lead role. And, yeah. and of course we love you and Rakia and overall, I enjoyed the film. the The one thing that I didn't care for, I did not like the fact that you two broke up, and, the, <laughs> and then you did get to back together. But yeah. I know it just didn't feel like valid for your characters after all of the everything that you had gone through. Yeah, uh, to be together, and then all of a sudden to just break up. I felt like that wouldn't you'd fight harder, and. Yeah. I don't know. How do you feel about that? Um, yeah, I was pretty mixed on it as well. I mean, I obviously, I know that I know the two writers, although I don't really know why scripts become what they are. Um, and I'm starting to get a, a little bit better insight into that when it comes mm-hmm. to script notes and development and um, just how information passes from executive to writer and writer back to executive and whatnot. That script had a lot of things that they were juggling uh, the the biggest being the pandemic, actually. Uh, right. I, and again, I don't know what the impact of the pandemic was on the script, but I mean, we didn't have a wedding at the end of it. So, yeah. so that tells yeah, you that was obviously the biggest. Uh, yeah, it was thing. a real left turn. And and I don't think that that, who knows? I, I truly don't know. I'm speculating just like any other kind of fan would, but mm-hmm. that was the intent. Uh, I don't think the intent was to say, Hey, we're gonna have a wedding. Psych. We're not really. I think that that was a, a pivot. That was something that yeah. they they had to figure out what to do with, and they wanted to keep it as close to a structure as possible, perhaps. Um, yeah. and so, when it comes to our relationship, I understand what they were attempting to do, which is to create a big enough conflict that gives you that sort of swell of emotion at the end. But I had the same feeling. I I actually thought it ended up being a miscommunication between two people that went on for far too long. Right. I think that, that, I don't know, sitting at the center of, of that, of Elliot and, and, and Hannah, I feel like they would have taken better care of each other and that there are yeah. different, um, a different conflict that would have been heavier to deal with, but, but more honest. Uh, that said, I don't know. <laughs> I'm just, I'm just kidding. Yeah. Uh, for us, it was, it was certainly fun to play. I will say like the breakup scene that we got to do in the train station for me, like and to work that with Rakia was yeah. 
amazing. So even if it, if it felt unmotivated from a script point of view at times, um, as actors getting to do a breakup scene in the middle of a hallmark, I mean, I haven't, I, yeah. I haven't gotten to do that. It's, it was like a big one. It was emotional. It was raw. Yeah. Um, so. Well, and you guys have such great chemistry that yeah, we love each other. Yeah. <laughs> mm-hmm. It was, it was still good. And I loved the twins in the movie. They were so <laughs> fun. They were right. great. Yeah. I, I don't think anyone can really wrap their head around um, how they are in real life, but wow, they're amazing. They're <laughs> yeah. Around. <laughs> yeah. And it came around in the end and everything. So I, I was, I was fine with it in the end. And it's just, it's a weird thing. Cause I, I feel like a lot of times with Hallmark, when they go to do a sequel, they kind uh-huh. of don't know what to do. Cause they've, they've the yeah. couple of met they're you know they're in love what do we do next now what? yeah yeah it's tough to do I and agree. I, I wonder if so you just said earlier that um you know hallmark has kind of committed to this tread this trilogy the wedding veil trilogy yep i guess i wonder like if something is pitched as a trilogy it means that somebody has already thought through what the three major sort of stories are whereas a lot of these like like whatever it's called uh, wedding wedding march 85 I kind of look at them and I'm like are you just making them because people like them well if you are then then how do you determine what the story is and I feel like those are the ones where the story kind of meanders a little bit whereas and and we'll see but something like wedding wedding veil where it's a a locked trilogy or it's a it's Uh an ordained trilogy right we're gonna see is is something like conflict that spans three movies um, that are all standalone movies. So I, I, I don't know, I guess. It's going to be interesting to see. Like they they want to do a They want to do a sequel because it did well, not because there's more story to tell. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I think maybe sometimes they, they, they think that, and maybe they overthink the need for conflict. Like, yes, you need conflict in a story, but mm-hmm. it could be pretty simple. Like, yeah. uh, not knowing where to propose or, you know what I mean? Like it doesn't necessarily have to be like this huge conflict. Yeah, like it could be I, like a I small conflict. <laughs> like, even the one that we just did, there's a, I, I don't, I, I won't give anything away here, but uh-huh. there's a conflict in it. And the conflict is relevant and real. And as soon as Fiona and I read it, we were like, oh, this is such a really like beautiful structure to have a sequel and to have a third. And I don't know mm-hmm. it's happening. Um, maybe even enough right. they'll, they'll commission it. But more to say that structurally, there is space for a second conflict or mm-hmm. there is for an extension of the story. And that the extension of the story actually doesn't need to be conflict oriented. It can be um, like growing in love oriented. Right. Because when you are growing in love, there is inherently conflict. Like things are going to be difficult. Things are going to go wrong, but also so much can go right. And, you know, mm-hmm. that's, that's true. Thing. Yeah. Well, before you go, I wanted to just ask about the uh, Mighty Ducks. Oh my gosh, yeah. Yeah. That you got to be a part of Mighty Ducks Game Changers. Yeah. Uh, what was that like? Um, Mighty Ducks was very cool. I, again, sort of like dividing the experiences. We were shooting right in the middle of the pandemic when everything came back on. So that proved difficult. Mm -hmm. Um, And it's really impressive what they were able to put together and how they were able to put together everything considering kind of like uh, 
what was happening in the world around. Um, that said, what an amazing thing to be a part of. I mean, obviously, I'm the right age to have grown up with Coach Bombay when he was Coach Bombay. Mm-hmm. Um, and, uh, and I loved the Ducks when I was a kid. And uh, I played soccer, not hockey, but it didn't matter. It, it was so transferable that as a young athlete, especially being an underdog, you really felt seen and you felt like there was space for you. Um, and so it was fun. You know, I was, I got to play a, a dad, which is great. Mm-hmm. <laughs> and um, that was a lot of, the, you know, that, that's just like a, an exciting thing to know that those are uh, roles that I get to play kind of moving forward, um, especially because I'm a dad uh, in real life. And so I, I you know, even though they're much younger, there's a lot of information in that. But the story of the Mighty Ducks for me was, were the kids. Like, <laughs> like right. if people watched that and didn't fall in love with um with Sway Batia and with uh uh Maxwell Simpkins and Luke Islam and Brady Noon like and and, and DJ Watts like there's so like Bella and Tegan like the the kids on it were so great and so some of them are so funny some of them are so like touching and heartfelt like I don't know if, if anybody watched America's Got Talent prior to Mighty Ducks and knew Luke Islam but if they didn't like that kid has the voice of an angel. Mm. Like it's, it is wild. Uh, and so getting to be around them while they were on this journey and for them, this is just work and this is just a job. Yeah. It's life. You know, they're not, they're not jaded. They're not, they're not like at the end of some career. They're not, they're just kids. They're kids who, who recognize that they have this beautiful opportunity to get some, to do something that's so much fun. Um, and they became like really close friends and, uh, with each other and obviously with us as the parents it was it was really nice it was really um a kind experience and um spiller michael spiller uh, who directed many episodes including that amazing finale was again like you know you he's what you want from a leader he's also one of the executives he's what you want from a leader right he he is kind and caring and considerate and he listens to people and he doesn't raise his voice he doesn't yell like i don't think i saw him angry once um and, and so to have somebody like that, it really sets the tone and, and clarifies the culture that you're a part of. Yeah, Disney is just incredible with their teen and child casting. Uh, they they always nail it. Uh, yeah. You think of like High School Musical. They've had, I mean, finding people like Demi Lovato and Miley Cyrus. And I mean, the list goes on right. and on. Yeah. 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 yeah they, so. they, they have something in their water that's different than everyone else's. Mm-hmm. That's great. Well, congratulations on on that, Thank and you. we'll be excited about the new movie. Is do you know? Is it a, what season it's in? Um, I don't actually. I think it's. Okay. Some, I'm assuming it's coming out in the next uh, month or so. Okay. Okay. Good. Cool. Well, we'll look yeah. forward to it. And uh, I haven't been in it. I have very little information about that sort of right. thing. <laughs> okay. Yeah, <sort> of questions. <laughs> well, sometimes you can tell yeah. from the decor and and whatever. Yeah. Yeah, no, no, we were like we were like walking around rose gardens and a pond. Like it wasn't. It's definitely okay. it's not winter, so that's kind of why I was like, I think it's summer. <laughs> okay. I feel like spring has passed, so it must be right in the center of summer. I think okay. it's going to be on Hallmark uh, Mysteries. Even oh, it's okay, mystery, mystery. But I think it's on the like the second Hallmark channel. I think. Okay. Cool. Well, we'll be excited when we hear more about it. Yeah, and, totally. Uh, 
thank you so much for doing this. I really well, appreciate this. It's a great discussion. We should we should uh, do it again. Maybe not wait six months. Then we will do it again soon. <laughs> I would love that. Uh, yeah, because yeah, it's always great to talk with you. And uh, congratulations on your uh, new little one and thank your new you so restaurant much. and just so much great going on in your life. That's really amazing. Yeah, yeah, we have a we have a lot of really fun things happening. So yeah. I'm quite grateful. And and more than anything, I mean, amongst amongst all those things and getting to do new movies, I'm always the most excited about getting to meet new people. So getting to work with Jessica Harmon and mm-hmm. uh, and Zibby, who is Zibby Allen's on the new season of um, uh, Virgin River that's coming up. Like it, it was just so amazing to be around people uh, who are so passionate and so connected and so kind. Yeah. Uh, so in, in addition to all the cool things I have going on, I also just uh, got like a whole keychain of new friends, <laughs> which is, yeah. is pretty uh, enriching. That's great. Uh, so uh, what's your social media? If people want to follow you, continue this conversation. Um, I'm always on my Instagram, which is just my first and last name. So at Antonio Keon. Uh, and then sometimes when I'm fired up, I show up on Twitter. <laughs> it's just my last name. So it's at Kayon. Okay. C-A-Y-O-N-N-E. Great. And you can find me at Rachel's Reviews, all of our social media, iTunes, YouTube, and on Ron Tomatoes. Check that out. Also, make sure you're following the podcast at Homeworkies Pod and Homeworkies Podcast. And if you are listening on iTunes, please leave your ratings and reviews. We really appreciate that. And if you are listening on YouTube, please give this video a thumbs up and subscribe to the channel. Appreciate that so much. We also have our patron group, which is really fun, and our merch store. Take a look at that. All that information in the description. Thank you so much, Antonio. This was great. And uh, yeah, we'll talk again soon. Sounds great. Thank you. (laughs)